Welcome back, my friend. I'm excited to be sharing a really juicy conversation with you today. I have the wonderful Linda Hilesto. She is my guest, and we are diving into some really cool topics that I feel can be also points of conflict for a lot of business owners, mainly because of the way these two things are often projected at us through the culture, through the stories in the culture, and through the online marketing space, the online business space in particular. The first one's sales, and we all know how important this is to the survival of our businesses. It's something we need to get our heads around and find a way that works really well for us. So that's the first thing, sales. How do we sell? How do we sell in a way that we enjoy it and we want to continue to do it? It's a skill that we want to build in our business. The second thing is scaling. And I think for a lot of people, just that word alone, kind of like sales, can be quite overwhelming. Suddenly we're faced with this word that presents many options. It feels big. It feels like this is often the only way that we can grow a great business, a business that's profitable, a business that supports our vision, supports our future family, all of these things. However, there's not just one way to do it. And as you'll find out today, this is Linda's mission. She wants to help people enjoy sales, love sales, especially smaller business owners and entrepreneurs who, unlike herself, she came from a background of tech startups and you can imagine that these two things selling and scaling are like the bread and butter if you can't work these two things out then well things don't look so bright right <laughs> to give you a little insight into linda's story she's a former it starter upper as i said and sales executive who got tired of constantly working on the verge of burnout and hiding behind other people's dreams. It was when she decided to start a family that she jumped out on her own. And interestingly, Linda moved from Finland to Canada in the craziest time. So you'll hear a little bit about this story. She's also worked alongside some of the greatest minds in stress research and body mind science. She now coaches high-performing executives and business owners on how they can take their business and performance to the next level using the science. And we don't get into a lot of this part of the conversation, but we do allude to a part two so i believe that will be coming very soon and we're going to dive more into that part of the conversation maybe i should just go joe rogan on it and go for a two-hour episode what do we think well that might be coming up so <laughs> let's dive into episode 157 with the beautiful linda Halesto. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the original way that we connected is through Roberta. Uh-huh. So Roberta, you knew each other when she lived in Vancouver as well? Well, uh, I, you can judge judge the synchronicities or whatnot, but um, let's go back to 2019 when I was <laughs> frustrated and working in tech startups and I felt like 
I was growing tired of feeling frustrated all the time and feeling like I'm never really reaching my full potential. And yet I didn't know what to actually do. Um, I always felt a strong connection with Canada, especially with BC. And it was my summer holiday. Uh, it was it had been a really strainful spring, a strainful past 12 months. And I was really looking forward for a summer vacation. I would be going to work on a horse ranch. I would be working with a cowboy who would teach me how to work from ground with horses, let them like help them to be the best versions of themselves. And uh, I was really looking into kind of just letting go. So I flew to Canada and I was so anxious. Oh my goodness. So anxious. And the first day on the ranch, I fell off the horse. It opened up, it opened up my back, like the stones went underneath my skin and that kind of spooked me and all my riding dreams. And you know, there, there I would be connecting with the horses and, you know, trusting my intuition. It didn't work. It really didn't go that way. So I ended up doing just picking up weeds. Mm -hmm. I was picking up weeds. I was feeling super frustrated, anxious, uh, slightly panicky. And then I had this moment when I felt that the universe just slapped me with a frying pan or something. And I just heard a voice, leave or stay, but do something. Because for the past six months, every Saturday morning, I would watch Love It or List in Vancouver, hours and hours, looking at the homes, looking at the houses, wondering like, oh, would I live there? Would I live there? Oh, I would love, oh, my kitchen would look slightly different. Dreaming about my life when I would move to Canada. And I had been doing this for the past 10 years. And then there on the horse ranch, <laughs> amongst the weeds, I came into the conclusion that I, I need to make a move. So when I flew back to home to Finland, I told my husband that uh, I would like to sell, like sell all, all of our belongings and move to Canada. And he agreed. So we sold everything, our whole life, like everything, our wedding china, our, all the furniture, our car, like all of the things that we had spent so much time and money accumulating for the past 10 years. And we just, we took our Australian Kelpie wino <laughs> and we took two backpacks and a suitcase and we left. And we just decided, okay, so by February 25th, we would be out of the country just by intuition. 2020 now you're in? Uh-huh. Oh, very interesting. To, uh, uh -huh. So, and this was like when we made this, this decision, it was September 2019. Just by intuition, by September, uh, Jan uh, February 25th, we would be out of the country. And we left. And we moved into an RV on Main Island. It's a gorgeous small island in the Pacific Northwest. We lived in a really... Yeah, trailer life really wasn't for Yusi, but we were thinking like, hey, it's a really good starting point. And uh, two weeks after coming into the country, the border shut down. <laughs> and Yusi didn't have a work permit and nothing. But we still decided that, hey, we, we really want to give this 
thing ago. And I got headhunted in less than a month. And we moved to Victoria, where I was looking for a yoga studio. <laughs> and Google, uh, I, so I Googled yoga studio, Victoria. And Roberta's Salt and Spirit was the first that popped up. And it's not even in Victoria. <laughs> but she was on to her SEO. So <laughs> yeah, she was really on to yeah. her SEO. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't, I, I really don't know or what kind of uh, ads she was doing. I don't know, but I was really happy to find her. I started following her on Instagram. And wow. then Kundalini Yoga, business coaching, and now we're here. Amazing. For those of you that don't know, Roberta has been on the podcast a couple of times. I've been lucky to have her on to share her personal story. She has a background as a lawyer and we have many ex-professionals on this podcast that go and do I love ex-professionals. Ex-professionals. Because still, still we're professionals. not professionals anymore. <laughs> still <laughs> professional and and so she was on the podcast. So when we're talking about Roberta, I'll link up those episodes in the show notes too, because that'll bring the story full circle. And so when I came across Linda's work, I saw that she had a real interest in sales. And I was like, huh, okay, this is cool because this has definitely been a turning point in my business journey is going from feeling very nervous or even mm. thinking about the word, even having a conversation with someone, a potential client to then having structures and frameworks and things like that in place that help make sales so much easier and actually get you to the point where it's something that you really look forward to. And so today I thought we'd sit down with Linda and dive a bit deeper into how she approaches sales. We're going to talk about scaling business your way as well, because I think that for a lot of the business owners listening to this podcast, you don't necessarily want to do business in a templated way or a way that's I say, quote, being sold to you, right? It's it's really easy to think I have to scale my business to seven figures or I have to like, there's all of this messaging around what it could look like. And for some people, I say, you know, money is a great thing. And, and definitely like if you've got big goals, sometimes it's going to require financial investment. And so you will need to scale in a certain way in order to get there mm. but I think that at the end of the day we all have our own autonomy to make our decisions and how we want to run our business and how mm. we want to grow it I'm okay. sorry I have to jump in because Go. everything that you're saying resonates so hard with me because all the messaging about okay hit 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 the seven figure I'm a six figure business goes coach I'm a seven figure business coach and here is my methodology here is the framework and there is like but how would I be spending my days mm. do I want to manage a team what kind of projects do I want to do what type of clients do I want to have how many clients do I want to have like for example for me um <laughs> So uh, for the listeners who doesn't know me, um, I was in the tech startup world, always working in sales on both sides of the Atlantic. And I started my own business just two years ago. And I started from marketing, marketing services. 
And that was always a thing that was really calling me already in the tech world, Mm -hmm. especially in the startup world, because sales and marketing are so deeply intertwined in that world. Everything like all the customer understanding, all the information coming from the ground level, you implement everything instantly. Like fastness, like fast is your game, speed is your game. And I started from that. And I, by the second year, I noticed like, okay, I cannot scale by having more customers because the connection and the depth that I have with my marketing business customers, I want to give them the energy and the space. I want to hold the creative space for them and the projects that we do, they are larger scale. And I went in and I tried the, okay, so I'll just have, you know, do content creation for these guys. And then I'll do this type of things for these guys. And it was a, it was a shit show to be honest, because it was all scattered around and my energy was leaking. And by the end of the day, I I was tired, like a different kind of tired. It's when you're doing the things that you, you can do, Mm. but are those the things that you really want to be doing? And that's, that's the reason why I love having this conversation about scaling and scaling your way, because this is what we're talking about. Because when you're in business, you are the business, you're the golden goose and taking care of your energy. That's like, if you have nothing to give, there is nothing to give. Simple as that might sound stupid, but it feels that a lot of us forget that quite often. If you have nothing to give, you really don't have nothing to give. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you know that from motherhood too. For for some business owners who aren't yet mothers or maybe they've been a mother, but then that same feeling might come into your business as well, where if that whole idea of if you're not nurturing yourself, it's very hard to give a lot to your family. And there's there's times where it's going to be a certain kind of balance and there's, there's other times where it will look differently. But do you think that being a mother as well, you started to recognize any similarities between your mothering and how you wanted to run your business and seeing patterns play out in in both or or not like I'd love to dive into that a little bit because I think that's something that's also not spoken about enough is Mm. how we parent how we mother how we (laughs) raise families and then how we run our businesses are they two distinct things or is there crossover yeah. yeah so I started my business when when I was pregnant with my first one Because that's before that. So if we go into kind of my background, so I'm from Finland and we we left for Canada. My background is in tech startups. I've always been in sales and led sales, created sales from scratch, scaled sales, sales. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, it's always been about understanding the customer, understanding what's Mm -hmm. going on 
like how are they feeling and creating solutions for real world needs and putting that into everything it's like injecting the customer understanding their point of view into everything that we do and I was feeling quite frankly I was feeling a lot of frustration uh, when I look back for the like on the past 10 years let's say I've wasted so much emotional energy on feeling frustrated professionally and I just thought that it's it's just me. And then when I became pregnant with my first one, the sense of embodied ease and really coming into your body, and I, I really didn't care anymore. Mm. I just felt this creative urge, and I was like, I'm not. I'm, I don't want to hide behind someone else's dream for the next 10 years. I want to be building my own dream. And for me, motherhood and business has, have always been intertwined hand in hand. Because without my kids, I wouldn't have... Okay, so first of all, uh, for me, um, pregnancy, childbirth, has they have been really extremely empower, like empowering. Mm. Um, points of my life yeah and I find that there is something when you don't really care anymore and you just start creating for the sense of creating and I love creating in business and that's the reason why I love sales and I wouldn't be able to do this if it wouldn't be because of my kids it really gives you the focus yeah. Like I think, because I want to run my business in a way that when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. I'm, I'm, I'm not working. I'm there with my kids. And then when I'm working, I'm working. And that, um, it means that I have to make that decision financially, time-wise resources, products, services, because for me, that is one of the main things that I do to keep my creative juices going because I get energy from those kids, man. Yeah. <laughs> like I really do. And I find that they are fueling my business and also keeping my priorities straight and also affecting the way that I see world and what type of issues I want to be solving and what is my vision of the world. Like, what type of a change do I want to make? Even if it's only one person. Yes. And talking about motherhood and business and doing both your way. I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know. I'm going to just dive a little bit deeper into this before we get into more of the strategy around sales. What's some of the decisions that you made? I think this would be really helpful for some of the listeners and some of the business owners, what were some of the decisions that you made? What did you think you had to do? And then what was some of the best decisions that you ended up making either out of like, this is not working or some other, you know, you were given some other guidance, but you know, what, what did you think it had to look like? And what have you ended up doing? Because you said you made specific choices around 
offers, types of clients, like how you work, things mm. like that. Is there a couple of things that you can narrow in yeah. come to mind? So for me, it has been across all of my professional life. Now looking back, I had this weird idea that things cannot be easy, that I have to suffer for things to be effective, that I have to give more, slightly more that I'm able to give. This idea of business being, I don't want to say easy as in, you know, it's so easy to do business, but easeful that you actually, you embody ease in everything that you do in your business, as well as in your motherhood to your best abilities. It doesn't, it doesn't always go that way, but that's the, like the anchor point. Um, that has been one of the biggest myths that I've had to crack in my own head that things can be easy. Things can come, come easily for you. You don't need to suffer for things to be good. And um, you were asking about the decisions, like how does this, how has this looked on the actual like day-to-day -day level? So um when I started working here in Canada, I worked as a sales executive in an IT startup, and it had just been bought out by an investment company, and they were looking to grow and scale the sales. And I was really excited to just go in there, you know, take all the lessons that I had learned in Finland and, you know, just, oh yeah, now I'm doing it for the <laughs> second time. And... Uh, then I went on mat leave and during mat leave, I just, I felt this creative urge that I really want to, I really want to start creating my own thing. And I started, I was on mat leave, started getting clients, started trying out different models, different ways of doing, doing marketing and what it actually means. What's the business model? Okay. Wow. What can you ask for this type of services? Like, do people even need this type of service? Like, what's the, like, how, how does the world look like? And then I, after having my first one, I, I came pr pregnant pretty fast again. <laughs> so uh, I was, I never had the chance to even go back to work when I already was pregnant with my second one. I have at the time of, of recording this podcast, my youngest is nine months and my oldest is just over two years. And when I was, I was six, no, four or six months pregnant with my second one. And it was time to have a call about my future in the company. Mm. And I was feeling really heavy because I had loved doing my own thing. Even though the startup world, I loved it. Um, I just knew that it's, it's not, it's not for me anymore. I want to be doing my own thing. And because the idea of business ease was still, I was still learning. Okay. What does it actually mean? I was just pondering about the fact, okay, so if I, if I quit, 
I can still technically offer them these services as an entrepreneur. I could sell this and this and this. And I went into this full on. And then I could daka 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 daka. And I went on this wild ride of, okay, so if they say this, and then I offer this, and then they would do this, and then I could technically do this, but I don't really want to do this, but I could do this because I need customers. And again, I was walking with the dog, wondering, okay, so the meeting is tomorrow, what am I going to say? And I heard the voice again. And it said, just quit. Cut all ties. Like, if that's not really calling your soul, it's not calling your soul. And you will get other customers, and you don't need to rely on them to carry your business. You can carry your business. And yeah. And I left. And so how quickly did things turn turn around for you? Because that's also a scary place to be in. Did you have other clients? Did you have clients at that stage separate to your uh, tech world? And, you know, was, was that going to be an easy transition or was it actually going to be a difficult transition? You mentioned like, you know, there was all of those offers that you could make to the company you were working for but then what what did you this is sort of a twofold question what did you decide in terms of what you actually wanted to do how you wanted to work with people you mentioned that you were doing marketing and stuff like that at the beginning um yeah maybe you could just go a little bit into that so for me there are a lot of things that I could technically do because the one thing that I love and I'm really grateful for all of the companies that I've worked for is the 360 perspective into sales and marketing because you do everything by yourself like by yourself when you when you have a startup you have nothing maybe you have an MVP so minimum a minimum viable product and then it's launched and then you start selling And the investors are expecting a fast return for their investment. The owners are looking for a fast return for their investment. Yes, you are an employee, but you also have to think like a business owner. Um, The work-life balance, um, there really isn't Hmm. one in that sense. Uh, At least it wasn't for me. Maybe some other people are better in that. Um, But you also get to be involved in every aspect. Let's say, for example, um, I worked with this neuropsychologist uh, called Heli Isomaki. She is an amazing, um, yeah, she has amazing books about how to use your brains better. And I worked with her and with another psychologist called Miraheli Maki, and we we created a course for parents on what to do when your child's behavior is challenging for the whole family and how to what to do in those situations when the child just loses it. Fits, fists are in the air. There is yelling 
confronting some really intense behaviors. And this was coming from the perspective of psychology, yes, and neuropsychology. But this was one of the first type of services that we were giving this really valuable professional insights into parents and adults in children's and teens' lives. And we created it from the scratch. And my team was in charge of the going to market, sales, social media sales, and end-to-end production, video production. So it's everything from Facebook ads, social media, Instagram, it's the infrastructure background, it's how do you shoot the video, how do you edit the video, what do you do with the audio, like everything and you do like, and you learn as you go away. And that was one of the things that I thought like, yeah, I know the company, this would be something that they could really benefit from. I could do this, but do I really want to? And the answer was no, because I would rather do this type of like, I still have all the knowledge, but I think it was more about the type of a customer that they would be because I love working with professionals. They're personal brands. They are entrepreneurs. They are authors. They are, they are doctors. They are neuropsychologists. They are therapists. And I just felt this pull towards working directly with them and utilizing everything that I gained in the startup world, all the know-hows, nitty-gritty, and just work with them so that they can spread their world mm. and word as well, that they can spread whatever they have to give. And I just feel like for me, that's really meaningful that I can be helping them in just it's not even scaling it's more about just spreading yeah (laughs) you spread your knowledge you spread your vision so when I was working in a startup in Finland and I was actually first first employee and we created a new software we brought it to the market. We started sales from scratch. Um, I was there creating all of the funnels, all the all of the points of contact, sales scripts. How does the marketing look like on the website? How would you, how do we do cold calls? We were still doing cold calls those days because you have nothing else. You have to start from somewhere. And during the second year, we got our hockey stick momentum which means that it's an indication that your revenue is um, increasing exponential like exponentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so the hockey stick is the you know like yeah. when things go up super fast and when we got that momentum going on we scaled the business to new areas so we went from education to healthcare. And at that time, one of our owners was uh, a healthcare company, and we work with them to scale. Yeah. 
So with all of those, with all of those skills and knowing, you know, when I start my own thing, I could do anything. What did you end up landing on, or what have you, what have you moved into over the last couple of years of having your own business? That you were like, this is actually my sweet spot. This is where I can really, yes, I can do all of these things. Yes, I can teach or train or implement these things in people's businesses. Mm. But where where did you realize was your real sweet spot? So if I look back, I started from the really, again, ground up. So if I'm doing marketing as a service, what am I, what am I actually doing? And my first customer, my first client came that, again, Instagram, hey, I'm looking for a person who would be doing uh, content creation for me in English. Oh, my goodness. I speak Finnish and English. I live in Vancouver. (gasps) I've been really into the holistic space, mind, body, trying to understand my own frustrations and high performance and everything that goes with creativity. Oh man, yeah, I could do this. I told her like, hey, here I am. I would love to work with you. And I got the job. Content creation, Instagram. Okay. And then it went from there. Hey, I would need this and this type of services. Oh, new clients. What about campaigns? Oh, like we're working with um, PR firms and they were working with clients such as L'Oreal, let's say. Okay, so what kind of services would that mean that I could give? Like, how could I help with clients who do influencer marketing, let's say, with bigger brands? And it went from there. And again, this was the spot when it was last year. Yeah, last summer, I had too many content creation um, different brands that I was working with. And I realized that I need to speak in my own voice <laughs> because yes, I can speak on your voice, on your voice, on your voice. And I'm talking about different brands, but the, the more that I spoke on other brands, voices, other companies, voices, other people, voice, people's voices, the more I felt that I need to speak on my own voice. So I have my marketing business. I have my own customers there. There are larger uh, cooperations. It's all mainly about writing. It's um, video productions. We're talking about courses, things like this. And I started thinking, okay, so I need to speak on my own terms, on my own, with my, like on my own voice. What would that mean? Man, I love talking about money. I love talking about sales. I love talking about performance and stepping into your full potential as a creative business owner who is multifaceted um, and especially business motherhood sales. That I, I was, I, And I just started talking. And from there, I started having my first business coaching clients. And sales coaching. Okay. Amazing. So let's, let's segue nicely into some of these frameworks that you've developed over the years around sales, because 
I think sales is one of those things that, again, like scaling our business, where we see it a certain way, we've experienced it a certain way. It's one of those areas kind of like marketing. It's funny because I think you can get really passionate about these areas of business, but then there's a lot of bad vibes sometimes from people who are looking to get support with this or are looking to, mm. as in the the used car salesman is always the oh. you know there's there's always <laughs> these ideas of what marketing and sales people are because like. you're using people like if you're in sales you're exactly. using people and you and 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 you're not listening to understand you're listening to mm. answer you're always playing games and someone is always trying to use you this is how like this is a stereotype yes yeah about that i have about sales professionals and i really want to break that it's it's about it's about authentic connection and roberta actually told me this it's a quote and it goes between the lines of if you don't have any serendipitous action going on in your business are you actually even doing business are you even in business and a friend of mine who is a really successful realtor here in Canada he went in there and actually commented that I would like to say that serendipity is not about luck it's about fostering relationships and creating win-win situations for the people around you and things will always pop up. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah. because I went <laughs> into and actually looked at how we define serendipity or a synchronicity and serendipity was luck about finding new opportunities. And I was like, no, no, no. You create them by being, mm. it all comes into the way that you are in your business, your being how you go into situations. And that's one of the reasons like you were asking about frameworks. Yeah. Yes. I so hear you because like when you were saying about feeling unsure about sales or like for me, I always felt like a fraud. I was so afraid of the no mm. that I almost didn't even pick up the phone. I really wanted to, but I was too much in my head. And it was about, okay, do I have it, what it takes to be in the startup world? Do I have what it takes to be a great sales executive? Do I have what it takes to meet the quota, the sales targets? And it was, there was so much fear. And I, I just needed to have something that I would have confidence and ease in sales, then I would be that I could feel happy about selling, that I would feel excited about sales. And there was this one framework. Uh, this is not something that is unique for me, but I learned this in a sales training, and I call this Shangri Law. Okay, <laughs> and love it. I I I understand. Like I hope that all of the listeners are uh, reading John's newsletters. <laughs> Greater club. Yeah. <laughs> they are, they are just, John, thank you. I sent you an email already. <laughs> thank you about those, 
those nuggets because there was this one email that he wrote and it was about don't hate the game sell the game yeah and that really I was like oh man this is Shangri-La so for me it's sell your vision because when you're doing sales in a startup and you have a new product no one is using your product until there is the first user and before that it's about oh yeah no one is using it yeah no thank you and if you get into that mindset into that uh fear into that oh we're nothing yeah maybe we're just frauds yeah like maybe we don't have this feature yet we don't have this feature yet oh they're asking about this yeah yeah sorry we're we're not a fit and you can develop the product as you go but you need the sales so you have to sell the vision of the future that you're building and you have to sell the change you have to want them to hop on the train, change train. Like mm. we're changing things. We're doing our best. This is our vision. Welcome on board. And <laughs> Shangri-La, I can draw it to you, but it's yeah. basically, here's a guy. It's a customer. And here's Shangri-La. <laughs> and the heaven's gates are there. Rainbow, bows, unicorns, oh, free wine, whatever it is. And there are no stairs. And you're building the stairs, your product, your service, that's the stairs. However, there is always the pointy rocks underneath the stairs. And I use this in every sales call that I did. So instead of having this, okay, so if I use this tactic, they will say this, and then I will say this, and I will close the deal. Yeah, (laughs) It was more about conversation about Okay, so how are you feeling now? Where do you want to be? What are the steps? Oh, you don't know the steps. Don't worry, I will tell you the steps. God, I will carry you through those steps. I will hold your hand and we will go through those steps together. And usually by the time that when you painted the picture around the rocks, like how will your life look like in a year, in two years, in five years, if things do not change. Mm. And it's 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 about conversation. It's not about, I will win you over. It's like, hey, this is what I'm selling. This is something that I genuinely believe in. And having this change of framework that it's not about me, it's not about my performance, it's not about me succeeding, me winning, me getting you over. It's 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 an offering and it's sales is painting the vision and knowing how to use words, knowing, and also like customer understanding, knowing how they're feeling, knowing like um, here in Canada, I worked with a lot of clinics, healthcare clinics, and we were selling an EMR, so electronic medical records. And anybody who knows what a pain changing a large software like that is, because you you, you have to change everything. You're changing operations. You're changing uh, probably financial systems. You're changing uh, how you take patients in. You're, you're changing processes. You're changing 
probably services, you're taking virtual appointments. It's a big change. And it's a scary one. And it's not about having those tactics or techniques to win people over. But for me, it was always about establishing a true partnership, a trust. Like it's not about closing the sales. It's getting you to Shangri-La. Tell me, how do you want your day-to-day look like? What are your nurses doing? What is your MOA doing? What happens when you walk, you open the door and you walk to the office? How do you start your day? Do you take your first, let's say, virtual appointments? Do you want to use your mobile phone or do you want to use your laptop? You know, things like this, nitty gritty, day to day. And it's about painting, not only painting the bit picture, but they are painting the picture. And I'm using my technical knowledge and understanding of the environment to help my technical team to implement that, whatever their Shangri-La looks like. And that's the service. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We use a framework called vision-based selling and very, very similar, very similar. And I love it. I think, yeah, yeah. I can um, tell you offline some of some of some people that you might be interested in studying just for your own, you know, personal love of sales, because when you're interested in these areas, (laughs) you, you do, you nerd out. Anyway, I guess what I thought was really curious about that is that in that whole conversation, you're getting to know, you're getting to know the client, you're getting to know where they want to go, how they want, all of these details, because also you, you know, realizing that sales is an emotional decision. So if you can tap into some Mm. of those things that for most businesses might seem completely irrelevant, but also what you realize is that, well, is this really what they need right now? Like what, mm. what do they need? People don't know what they don't know. And so you exactly, can either fill in those exactly. gaps and offer your product, or maybe you realize together that it's something else that they need. And that's exactly. Okay. And it's about having that yeah. conversation. And also for me saying no, yes. like technically we could do this. I don't think that it's the best option for you in this situation, in this, like for your business, whatever the reason is, I I love the fact that, and I think that sales in sales, we need to say no more Mm. because when we say yes to something that is, we know that, okay, I can really help you. This is it. I have more energy. I have more, I just have more space to give to you. But if I have this kind of fits, like a lot of them, yes, I do get the money, but it's not flowing because it's not really there. Mm. For me, it's, it's a waste of time. And again, this comes into motherhood because I've become more specific into how I want to use my time, how I want to use my energy and what type of things I want to do in my business. I want to be sure that what I do is really fueling me on the soul level. And it's really that I can feel genuinely connected to. And again, this comes into my Shangri-La. What, I, what kind of a world do I want to be building? 
Mm. And to the frameworks, um, this was a really good realization, this Shangri-La, because it really helped me to get into the space above your head where it's not about you. You can just go into the call. Hey, it's me. Like we're doing this. I really, I, I genuinely think that this could be a really good fit for you. And it comes from a different place because you're not stressed out. You're not afraid about what if I, what if I don't close the sale? Because you always know that there will be more customers. And the performance, the sales performance for me, this was in before 2020, before moving into Canada, when I uh, discovered this uh, Shangri-La framework, I started using it. And man, we got the results. And I thought, okay, so this is my key to sustainable for performance. This is my key to scaling the business. I can do this, man. I can do this. And it was quite shocking when I realized it was um, after a really straining period and I yelled at my boss and I looked at my behavior kind of outside, like, this is not me. Like what's going on in my life? Then um, like I had been losing it on the dog. Let's say I was just really frustrated, really mad. Um, but I thought it was just like, oh, I can't really use my creative potential. Like, oh, it's push, push, push. I would love to create this and this and this and this. So I just thought that, okay, it like my boss doesn't know how to, how to manage me. He doesn't know how to lead me. I'm frustrated. It's okay. Then I started crying on the parking lot <laughs> before going to work. And we were walking with Yussi and I was looking at my hand like this and I asked him, like, am I really here? Like, am I here? Feeling super spaced out. And I would go from these really intense, almost ec ecstatic, push, push, push. We can do this. Oh, yeah. Mm. Kind of like um, really high intensity um doing 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 mentality let's conquer this we can outrun other businesses our competitors and going into crying on the parking lot and just spending weekends on the couch watching netflix and love it or listed vancouver for hours and imagining how my life would be when i moved to canada and that's when i realized that my framework was missing a piece how to do sales in a sustainable way without burning out, how to create in business without using all of my creative juices, because I don't want to be like, especially with kids, I don't want to be out of the game during the weekends because I, I, I don't know how to use my brain in the optimum way use my energy, optimize my energy. And I'm not talking about energy in a woo-woo kind of a thing. I'm talking mm. about metabolic energy. Mm. We all have X amount of energy to use during the day. How do I want to use it? And when I was working with the neuropsychologist and the psychologist that I was talking 
about in the start of the podcast, they introduced me to some scientific research on emotions, body, and the mind, and how our emotions affect how we use our brain. They how how our nervous system affects how we can step into our full potential, into our cre- creative powers, into uh, how to do sales more effectively, how to be there, how how to see the world, how to do um, how you can see and perform at your highest level, and. And I saw that and I took it into the business context. And that's one of the reasons why on my Instagram, my website is under construction at the time. At the time that we're recording this podcast, (laughs) um, I call myself a holistic business coach because what I do is, okay, yes, I do bring all of my learnings from the sales from the marketing, from the tech startup world, from the operational, from the strategic point of view, yes. But I also bring all the science, all the research from the body-mind research, from stress research on human potential, on flourishing, on creativity, on how you can work at your best, whatever it is that you do. And I bring that knowledge into sales and in business. And that's kind of my sweet spot because after I understand understood this, it's not about working against your body. It's not about defeating stress. It's about understanding your emotions. It's about understanding your body. And it's about working together with stress mm. and using your brains better. Mm. Uh, I feel like we could go down another <laughs> I don't dare say rabbit hole. <laughs> that expression to me always sounds really, um, you know, like a bad thing, but I think we could go really deep. Maybe we're going to have to have a part two to this podcast. I would, I would love, yeah, because I would love to, especially with creative people. And I assume like what I've come to know you and know John and your work, you have a lot, like you're doing a lot of things. And I assume that your listeners are also not only, you know, they're, we're all multifaceted. We have a lot of passions. We have, we want to create, we want to express ourselves in business. We want to work at our best. We want to, like for me, just the idea that I can execute things at my highest level and constantly learn and optimize and all at the same time bring the best creative juices out i like for me that's the game mm. and that's why i love create like that's why i love entrepreneurship and before i understood the body the mind nervous system emotions and how these all connect into our brain and how well we can actually perform in our business I was just, yeah, I was doing the Shangri-La thing, but I was still burned out in the parking Mm. lot. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I would love to have a different, like, uh, 
dive deep into this side of things too yeah. if you're into it <laughs> i think i think we'll have to do that i think we really will but i would love to finish up with you just telling us where we can connect with you what's the best way to find out more about your work as you can tell linda is has got a very fascinating background and i think it's it's wonderful when when these two worlds that you're interested in have really collided in a beautiful way like you said having that strategy and that just it's so helpful when you go into business and you have some of those structures because as soon as you start your business you're like okay i'm learning a lot of these things from scratch i've got i've got this capability in this service but there's all of these other things i don't know so the fact that you have that background is amazing but then blending it with this body mind emotion awareness is so key for people how they make decisions how they move forward and do it in a really powerful way as we if we come exactly. full circle mm -hmm. scaling your business your way is really going to come down to that capacity to understand those things as well the strategy will always take care of itself <laughs> But how you, you <laughs> that's really well said. Yeah. That's really well said. Especially if you if you can, like when you're connected with yourself. And this again comes into the understanding of emotions, the body mind. Like when you're truly connected with yourself, you you know what you have to do and you're not afraid to do it. Mm -hmm. Because Yes, you're not afraid of the emotions. But again, if you're not connected with yourself, and let's say like going back into you, you asked about the decisions that I made. If I would have made the decision to offer my marketing services to my old employ employer, that decision would have been made out of fear. I'm going to run out of customers. I'm never going to get these customers that I really love because business has to be hard. <laughs> Mm. things cannot come easily things cannot flow and again this goes more into the body mind mindset work that I love um, if you listener if you're at all interested in these themes I would love to connect with you um, I'm pretty active on Instagram so it's Linda Helisto L-I-N-D-A H-E-L-I-S-T-O and also on LinkedIn same name pop me a note just a message anything to empower entrepreneurs in sales and per performing at their best and creating like like genuinely creative and just being at their best mm. yes yes a lot of business owners meet that crossroads where it is hard and it is challenging and there is a way through it and it doesn't have to be all hard and all grind like you say so I think knowing someone like you can be a great support to help people move through all the transitions because you've seen it all it would be an amazing support and help so thank you I really so much. hope so I really hope <laughs> oh, so I can tell I can tell I can tell and yes stay tuned listeners because we probably will have that part to it can't well. wait yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you Ruby thank you and thank you for hanging out with us listeners